Star Autopsy, where we examine the cause of death for the greatest creative runs in pop culture history. And today, on the slab, we have director Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, okay. I was kind of there from the onset with the caveat of I did not watch his TV show uh, Spaced until years later. But I was there from uh, his first film, Shaun of the Dead, on, and it has been a fucking ride. Um... Edgar Wright's cool. Edgar Wright is um, a director who I've uh, kind of got to witness in real time and, and grow with and have uh, appreciated and loved. And his run is an interesting one. There's going to be um, a couple uh, new additions to our, our growing list of types of entries in, in great runs in here. So there's a couple new things. Maybe maybe one new thing, but it's new. But um, we do start with, a, with an old... Uh, an old standby. Uh, I believe Shaun of the Dead is a jaw-dropping debut. 2004, Shaun of the Dead. Um, I don't remember if if I didn't see this in the theaters. I saw it on video, and I can't remember if my buddy Pete, Peter Leon, uh, was the one who told me about it, or I, like you got to see this movie, or if it was like we we both saw it and we, we both realized we liked it and then when we uh when, when the next one came out we saw it together i forget there's some but pete's definitely involved in this me and pete both like edgar wright from the get-go i think and uh shauna dead comes out and it's funny this is part of the big zombie resurgence which happened in the early 2000s right and it's 28 days later i think is the same year or the year before and that's sort of like you know okay highbrow um you know, thinking man's zombie movie sort of thing. And at the very same time, like one of the best, if not the best comedic zombie movie comes out the same year. And so Shaun of the Dead, like um, it's, it's jaw dropping in that it, it toggles back and forth between comedy and horror so effortlessly. And it's never a spoof. I mean, there's, I guess there's a couple moments where it's, it's very, very close to spoof, you know, like, um, when they're like uh, <laughs> they're 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 like uh, playing uh, white lines and looking at the zombie and the zombie's moaning, but it, it, you know it's like it, you suspend your disbelief just enough to be okay, accept it, right? So it has that stuff, but then there's actually moments of of, of decent dread and, and uh, jump scare kind of stuff, and you can tell that this is um this is made by people who who love horror, who love movies in general, and that's gonna be a big thing. Like I think almost all the big filmmakers are of course huge film fans. Edgar Wright very much wears it on his sleeve. He does a lot of uh, straight up homages, a lot of um, uh, just kind of lifts, but like loving lifts. Or, and he does a lot of genre mashups. And so Shaun of the Dead, it's all there from the get go. And uh, another big thing from the get go is you could feel Edgar Wright's camera. Edgar Wright is not afraid to be showy with the camera. He's very flashy in it, but it works because it all serves the story and serves the mood he's trying to. Uh, create and his camera to me when i first saw the shot dead i was like oh this guy must like evil dead too he must like sam Raimi. he must uh, like there's a lot of like the zooms and movement and the camera's always like a character itself and i i really enjoy that i I think i think a lot of people are afraid to do that and i think you know sure it could be distracting for certain types of story but sometimes that's what you want you want that flavor and edgar wright like employs it pretty masterfully from the get-go so Shaun of the Dead, uh, this is, of course, the beginning of not only his th- theatrical career, but it's also the, the start of um, 
his partnership with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost to make the Cornetto trilogy. So there's three films they they all made together. Uh, Simon Pegg and I think Nick Frost has some writing credit too, and Edgar Wright as well. And of course, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost star alongside other people in these movies. And these three guys all met on a show I mentioned before called Spaced. It's a British uh, comedy show, and it's it's great. It's, it's if you have a chance, if you've never seen it, watch Spaced. Especially if you like Edgar Wright. If you for some reason like Edgar Wright and you've never tried Spaced, you're gonna love it. You're gonna have a fucking ball. It's a uh, it's simply a show about twenty year olds in England. They're flatmates, you know, roommates, and you know it's a comedy. It's almost like a threes company thing where they're they're pretending to be a couple to to keep to keep their apartment, but um. Within that show, he does so many um, nerdy homages to other films. There's like RoboCop jokes. There's zombie. There's some, some zombie jokes in there too, and it's um, it's very much like you go, okay, this guy, uh, if you just gave him some more money and better cameras, he could knock your socks off, and he does. But he of course meets Simon Pegg and um, Nick Frost on this show. Um, at least I believe that's where they met. This is the first thing they did together, I think. And um, that is a great partnership that continues. And um, I, I don't know if they're ever going to do something again t- together, but I kind of think they will at some point. I, to my to my knowledge, there's been no falling out. They, they all dig each other, but I think it, they had to kind of forge their own path after making three movies together. But Shaun of the Dead sets it all up. What I love about Shaun of the Dead is Edgar Wright shows... Um, and I think some of this is also the writing and, and the contribution of Simon Pegg as an actor. Um, he shows that he can be really funny. He can be really stylish with his camera. He can do action. He can, like, there's great uh, kinetic uh, choreography and there's great um, just set piece action pieces with, with the, you know, the characters fighting out these zombie hordes. He does all that, but he also doesn't forget character. He, um, he doesn't forget... Um, he has, he's really good at theme, and I think a lot of that is Simon Pegg's uh, contributions to these three films, because I think some of the, the theme stuff is the strongest in these three films they did together. But there's definitely, like, it's, it's like a novelist. The theme is, is sort of supported again and again with other parts of the film, and it, it all adds up. So I, I think Sean does is great, and, and um, he does this in a couple of his films. Like, Edgar Wright's a younger, well, he, you know, he was a younger director when he first came out, and so it definitely feels like he is... Um, He's capturing that twenty-something-year-old uh, sort of thing where you're not exactly. Maybe you're sort of in limbo, like Shaun of the Dead. You're sort of undead. You're like, I got out of school. I don't have um, a trajectory as far as career goes. Maybe I don't. My love life's in shambles. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. And so Shaun of the Dead captures that moment, and um, I, it was great to watch. It was to watch it when it came out. I was like, who is this guy? This guy is, this is good. This is really good. And I will say though, you know, I, I really liked it. And I was like, I don't keep an eye on this guy. Um, I didn't know if this guy was just going to be like, uh, like the next thing he was going to make was going to be like a Will Ferrell comedy. And he would lose a lot of that cool stylish stuff in that, you know, that would be, he eventually would kind of deteriorate into just like a, a, a comedy director type of guy. Cause like, I didn't know. I I was afraid that might happen. Um, it of course does not happen because within this film, what, what I was seeing was somebody like um, s- somebody who who was doing great comedy stuff, doing g- doing really fun stuff. But he also like within him was a great action director. Within him was a great horror director. Within him was a bunch of really great stuff that um, if he wanted to play it straight, he could do a great job. Still, he didn't have to just be um, a spoof of those things. He didn't have to be fucking McG. 
and he definitely proved he was not fucking McGee with the next film. So the next film is uh, 2007's Hot Fuzz. This is the one. This is the masterpiece. This is the okay. This is Hot Fuzz. I I know that me and my buddy Pete, who I mentioned before, um, I I believe this is Pete's favorite film of his too, and it's one of our favorite movies in general. And Hot Fuzz. What's so cool about Hot Fuzz is um. Edgar Wright, of course, ups his game in every way, and, and Simon Pegg rises to the challenge. They make this, um, it's not a parody. It's, it's, a, it's a comedy film that's also an action film. Um, and they are making fun of action films in a lot of ways, but they're also, there are just straight-up awesome action parts in the movie. And action is one of those things that I think is so underrated with people who watch movies that kind of accept... Because there's a million action movies every year, right? And most of them suck. And it's because... I think because the actual action in those films is not um, thoughtful, is not easy to follow, it is not um, dynamic, it is not storytelling, really. It's just like, oh, we're just show a guy, shoot a gun, this guy gets, he misses the bullet, he shoots back, he, he kills that guy, that's it. There's, there's no storytelling in there. Edgar Wright always employs storytelling within his action uh, sequences. Hot Fuzz, it, it was such a big film, and it still is to me. I, I think about Hot Fuzz all the time. It... It like um, that and Wes Anderson movies kind of got me into the kinks. Um, Edgar Wright, like a lot of uh, film directors after Tarantino, are really uh, adept at using um, pop songs and you know um, classic rock songs, whatever, really well within their films. But Hot Fuzz is just like this. It's this really cozy movie because it takes place in this little uh, you know village in in, in England, right? A small town. You get that cool, cozy vibe. Then you have the cool Stephen King cozy vibe where it's like, oh, things are dark and underneath that there's all kinds of murky shit going on, which I love. That's a, that's why I like Jaws in a lot of ways. It's like this safe thing. You flip it upside down. It's really dark. And it's just when you're younger, it's um, it's like the big revelation of life. It's like, oh, everything I, I like that's safe and cool and fun, there's all this dark shit underneath it. And, you know, you're just kind of dealing with that. And so that this has that element going for it. It also has like... He's he's sort of he he's um his camera work is getting even more like um in your face and like he's because he's doing like stuff where he's kind of uh, aping uh, Michael Bay and and other things and James Cameron so there's just intense zooms and, and racks and and like um just smash cut edits and like uh, <laughs> there's like I, I think there's gun sounds that punctuate certain uh, camera cuts for like no real reason but besides it, it's fucking awesome. And I remember when I saw the trailer, and I think it's actually in the film too, they used like Lethal Weapon 2 trailer music, which is like weird percussion. This sounds really cool. I can't even, I can't even mimic what it is. It's it's like it's like shakers and mom, mambas, I don't know, marambas or something, but it sounds great. And you hear it, you're like, oh, that's Lethal Weapon 2. They do that. Um, this is Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. They had it in the first movie. It was, a, it was essentially a buddy film, right, at the heart of it. Um, this is big time a buddy film, and they um, they're both – maybe their funniest and also at their most um uh vulnerable and poignant like they they, they they're in this film they're becoming friends and it they're really good at it they, they it feels like the, you're seeing these two guys fall in love with each other um incredible uh incredible overall cast like he and he puts a lot of people in there he puts um uh timothy dalton uh, <laughs> Timothy Dalton has such a fucking uh, good time in this movie. Like his weird slasher puns, like I'm a slasher of prices while he's running. It's like he's such a smirk on his face and his in his eyes. His eyes are just like so smiling. He lo he's he's loving it. There's there's 
this film, I mean, I've rewatched it so many times. It's it's incredibly rewatchable. I don't think Edgar Wright. I, I think he's got way more films to make. Don't get me wrong, and I, I just don't know if he's ever going to match this. I think he's going to have to go a different direction to make another uh, masterpiece. It will be a different kind of masterpiece, because this is basically to me like this is peak Edgar Wright. This is everything he does really well, done at its best, and it's the the peak of the Cornell trilogy, obviously too. It, it's cool. It's you got so many things going on. You have like uh, the action stuff. You have the the comedy stuff. You have the small town stuff. There's even some horror elements and there's some stuff where the the killer is wearing this big black kind of cloak and it's um he's taking some shots he stole from like um what do you call it uh, Phantom of the Paradise and even though at the time I I had seen Phantom of the Paradise but I just, I you know it was I hadn't put it together. I was like it reminded me of Scream a little bit because of like the black cloak and that sort of thing. It doesn't matter. Um, there's there's just so many uh, moments which I think I could always rewatch. If it, if the movie's on TV, if I haven't ha- happened upon it on TV, doesn't matter where it's at, I'll basically finish it because it's gotta get my fix. You know, it's it's one of the um, the most rewatchable films uh, since my since I I was in my twenties. Basically, like you know, a lot of films I rewatch because I watch them as a kid, and maybe they're not quite as good, but I just have all these nostalgic uh, associations with them. You know, so I'll rewatch them a million times. Um, Hot Fuzz has made the grade, man. Hot Fuzz is is one of the best. I um. Uh, so what does he do after that, right? So, so far it's been like a three year um gap between movies, and that continues. So we had two thousand four Shaun of the Dead, we had two thousand seven Hot Fuzz. So we had jaw dropping debut. We had masterpiece, fiery follow up masterpiece. Um. Twenty ten Scott Pilgrim versus the World. This. This is the curveball. This is the experimental work, and it works. The run continues. Uh, the run continues mightily, I might add. This this one is like, uh, in a lot of ways to me, it's like the contender for um, maybe his second best movie. And it's hard because like, they're all like neck and neck, at least these first early ones. Um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, I remember um, seeing the trailer, and I had not read the comic book. I have honestly not, I still have not read the comic book. I should probably remedy that, you know, but I didn't know about the comic book. I didn't know anything. I saw this trailer and I saw my 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 dude from um, Arrested Development. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh my god, what's his character's name? Oh my god, it's gonna kill me. I keep wanting to see Billy Eilish, which makes no sense. It's like, oh boy, George, George, George Michael. That's that's how my brain works. George Michael. Um, you have him, right? And this is like Arrested Development time, like after the show stops. So I'm I'm very invested in him. I love him. I think he's, I forget if he's done um, super bad yet. I think he did. But uh, he, he basically, he's, he's going on a real high, right? You got him, you got you got Edgar Wright, and this is like, um, it, the trailer looked like pure rock and roll. I, I saw, I think the trailer only showed a little bit of like how video gamey it was going to be, how um, like Tekken, fucking Dance Central Revolution, insane. It had like a little, just a little glimpse of that. And um, you have all these other character, um, these actors who I, I've loved playing all these various characters that seem really colorful, really stylish, um, and it seemed really rocking. But the what also I thought was really interesting because at this point I'm I, I'm I bought the ticket. I'm on the Edgar Wright train, right? I'm like, oh, there's there's no Simon Pegg here. There's no Nick Frost. This, this is not um this is not a British movie. This is a this is a bit of a departure. This is like him. Uh, I I wasn't sure where Edgar Wright was going. I was like, he's, he, I think he's taking a chance here in a lot of ways. Um, I didn't realize that there, you know it takes place in Canada, um, but to me it was like um, when I saw the trailer. I was like, okay, this is him. 
maybe trying to do like a, an American movie and see how if he can make success with American cast and also him trying to do something without his um his Simon Pegg you know this is him trying to I think forge his own identity and step out a little bit right I had no idea until I watched the movie how much he was he was going for broke in this one this one um I, I remember watching the movie when I first saw you first hear like the little uh, Super Mario uh, credits, uh, Super Mario World, I think, uh, sound over the credits. I was like, okay, that's really cool. And then you start seeing this world. It, it, it's it's unlike anything I've ever seen. So stylish. So, um, it, it's like, I love there's no explanation, but this world is like a video game. You kill somebody and coins appear. No one really questions it. Um, it there's nothing, There's it's not, it's not really about that. It's all symbolism. And what I was really um, enjoying with the movie, and I still enjoy a lot, is that like all Edgar Wright's best stuff, there's so much style, so much um, decoration and packaging. It never loses sight of what's important, which is the characters and the themes of the movie. And this one, uh, like Space before and like Shaun the Dead especially, um, this captures what it's like being in your 20s, your early 20s, I think. I, I felt very close to like, um, you know, Scott Pilgrim's shitty, like, shitty, like, sort of, um, I guess, dandy about town thing a little bit. I, I, I was in, I was in bands. We, we did never, um, reach the success that, uh, Scott's band, uh, Sex Bomb ever reaches, but, um, there was definitely that vibe, like, I'm going to all these parties, I'm seeing people, even when I was out of the band, I go to these parties, I see the same people, I go downtown, I go to the bars, I see the same bunch of collection of people, we're all in our roughly the same age group, we don't know what we're doing, there's a weird lack of ambition, slight, and with creative people, there is a weird ambition, but it was still kind of marred in that, like, uh, 90s, like, I, it's not cool to be like, I want to do, I want to do great things, and want to be big, like a little like fake punk rock kind of stuff with some people there's a lot of clicks right it's it's like basically high school on steroids um like her Cobain says in Nirvana man you know in the school song you know you're in you're in that school again that that was it this movie nails that right and um it, it has a lot, a lot of interesting things to say through a perspective of a young guy's uh perspective of like of, of a love life then of a of being shitty of not being honest with girls and women and um, the whole movie is him growing up, right, and, and figuring that shit out. Um, it's also really funny. It's it's there's so many crazy jokes, and again, like it's got style to spare. It's it, it's it's overwhelming. I, I I um I saw it. Um, I did see it in the theater, and I'm really happy I did. I would love to see it in the theater again because uh, it's so it's built for for a giant screen. It's it's epic. It's epic, but it's also it's it's really um. It's epic, but it's it's never a boring Marvel movie slog where it's like um the last third is like this giant CGI fight of like an army versus another army. It looks like you're playing um an online game or something. It's never that. All the all the cool stylish color stuff. It's like it's like he saw Scott Snyder's uh or Zack Snyder, sorry, Zack Snyder's um. 300 and and saw sin city rodriguez says he's like okay cool yeah you can make you can make your background of your movie uh totally artificial and fake but i want to do it in a way that um that just kind of uh it's awesome <laughs> I, I don't know how to say it. i want to do it in a way that it fits the story and um 
it's not i guess it's like it's not the point of the shot per se the, sh- the the point is still like the characters in the story um yeah i, I don't know if i'm articulating this right but basically he he's a better balance he has a maybe it's maybe it's 50 40 percent the sh- like how cool is this background in the shot and you cgi effects but 60 percent the characters and what's happening on the screen in the story and that's what you need that's a, that's probably the best way to do this sort of thing so scott pilgrim versus the world after seeing that i was like this guy uh, he, he had already done like a masterpiece in my mind hot fuzz this is another like if it, it, it is a masterpiece it's not his masterpiece uh and i love Shaun of the dead and i think i finally saw space at this point i was like this guy is is on fire man like what's what's he gonna do next i i, I can't wait i i i don't know I, it feels like he can do anything now i feel like this this movie liberated him to do anything like i think he could do it well and i think around this time either same time or right after right before he does a a part a part of the grindhouse movie from tarantino and rodriguez he does the trailer for um don't which like this you know homage to all these like british 60s horror films and it's like two minutes long this trailer but it's so fucking funny and so cool looking and i love that so it's like knowing that he's he's you know he's getting the shine from like uh tarantino and rodriguez and some people like previous generation and knowing that he's just kicking ass left and right and he's doing something new um and there's like musical sequences in here, you know. Like I was like, oh my god, Edgar Wright, dude, I'm here, man. I'm here for whatever you do. And so it takes a little bit, right? It's uh, it's another three year gap, which is you know, that's not that bad when it comes to movies. Um, it did feel like a little bit of um, it felt like we had to wait a while. And the reason why is because the next movie is is the final part of his Coronetto tril- trilogy, right? So he reteams with Scott, with, uh, <laughs> with Scott Pilgrim. He, he reteams with, um, oh my God, I said his name earlier in the podcast. <laughs> I've Simon Pegg. Oh my God, he meets. <laughs> so that's pretty bad. He reteams with Simon Pegg. Reteams Nick Frost, and they finish out their their trilogy with the movie called The World's End, uh, two thousand thirteen. Um, World's End, I think, is actually a very underrated movie. I think I, not, most people actually like it. But it's sort of like you can't help because it's, it's the same, you know, creators as the other ones. You can't help but compare it to Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. And it probably loses against both those. But this is definitely if if Scott Pilgrim was sort of Edgar Wright's uh, maybe final statement on being young, or at least at the time it felt like his, his big statement on, okay, this is what it is to be in your 20s. This is like... This is what it's like to be in your late 30s or 40s. This is like getting older. This is uh, this is wife and kids, mortgages. This is uh, failed careers. This is uh, addiction problems. This is um, this is suicide. This is this is a darker film, despite it also being a crazy sci-fi romp um, with robots and aliens and all kinds of crazy shit. Um, the world's end to me feels like a victory lap, and 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 it, the run continues definitely with the world's end the world's end is great i actually feel like if um first if some if somehow world's end was his first movie we'd all be taken aback like this is this is amazing but since it's compared to all these other films it's in their shadow a little bit it's it's not given its proper due um what's cool with the world's end is he sort of takes um he takes a he, he takes the the cozy village town element from um from Hot Fuzz. We're kind of back into that thing, which is great. Um, and it's but instead of like the sort of action um cop 
you know crime thing it slash little horror he now it's a sci-fi horror thing and so you and all the characters are basically about you know old high school friends kind of reuniting for this you know one last waltz through the town to to go on a drinking tour basically right uh, bar hop or I guess it's a pub pub crawl but um you have it feels like they're all really um Simon Pegg Edgar Wright and Nick Frost are all in the same wavelength about let's let's use this crazy um sci-fi um allegory about individual individualism and um, conformity and growing up, which is all these things to kind of really talk about um, the realness of uh, getting older and maybe um, life not being exactly the way you thought it would be and the good and the bad and um, how to retain the best parts of who you used to be um, while also being open to change or, or growth or not. You know, it's, it's, it's a real question. Like the main character is, he's definitely, he's, uh, stuck in in his high school days and of course those days are gone and the end of the film has a really interesting kind of a provocative thing where it's like you know for him maybe that is his truest self and he and so basically it has like it poses is freedom worth more than salvation and he sort of finds his own answer and it's complicated and i guess that's kind of the answer for the film it's like Whatever you choose is gonna be a little complicated. I um, I will fucking brag right now. I got to meet um Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost on their um publicity tour for The World's End, and I got to see the movie for free, and I got to be part of a, a roundtable of journalists. I used to write for a local paper, the 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 Tucson, the Boston's Weekly Dig, and so I got to sit down with these dudes for like forty minutes, maybe an hour, and um ask him questions and stuff like that and it was it was great i you know i record the whole thing so i could transcribe it later on and um <laughs> i will say this is really weird to say but um like uh meeting them they're very nice guys and they're they're really funny and they seem like you know i i can only under i can only imagine like you know doing these press tours ask, ask the same questions you're, you're trying to muster up enthusiasm be cool and be try to be candid but at the same time you have your your, your, your talking points they seem like um they're, they're all you know mostly actors they seem fairly genuine, genuine, or at the very least, like they're being like honest. Like, okay, so I'm gonna say this. I've said it before, but I'm gonna try to, you know, I'm gonna try to, you know, be genuine with you in this moment. And I, that was that was great. Um, what was definitely like, there's no question about the, uh, whether or not it's genuine. They felt like real friends. They all three of those dudes, they're cracking jokes and, and laughing. It, it felt very authentic, and that was cool to be part of it. And it was, it was just cool as a fan to go like, okay, what I saw on screen, that's real, you know. But anyways, what's funny to say this is like um, when, I, when I met them, I was like Simon Pegg is super fucking handsome, like more handsome than I thought he was. Like I never thought he was an ugly guy. Don't be wrong. On the screen, I was like, okay, you know, you're just you're just a guy. You know, you're kind of an average looking guy. In person, I was like, oh, there's a reason why you're in movies and I am not. Like your level of handsomeness is so far off the charts compared to me that that makes you um, like an average guy on screen. Where in re- reality, you're an Adonis. Um, maybe overstating this, but he, he was really good looking. And I was like, shit, man. And I, when I listened to the audio too, I was, I was playing for my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, Taylor and um, who's now my wife. Congratulations, Taylor. Um, Taylor's like, Oh, he sounds so sexy. I'm like he does, like, he does sound sexy. Um, Edgar Wright does not sound as sexy. He's, you know, he, he's got, he's got a British accent. He's got kind of high voice, but he actually, you know, he doesn't sound sexy. He sounds fun. Like he sounds, it's a fun voice. I enjoy his voice. And Nick Frost, Nick Frost is a fucking teddy bear. I love him. Um, I got to talk to these guys. 
I um I I I, I um asked a British friend of mine at the time, um, is there any cool British thing I should ask them that maybe someone else want to think of? Because they're you know if you're American, and they suggested I ask them about British wrestling, and I did. And they all three seem to like open up like like oh cool and they start talking about like uh, Big Daddy uh, and Giant Haystacks and all these British wrestlers who I did not really know about. It's people I mentioned to them, but they start talking about how much they love them as kids, and it, it seemed like it kind of um, it, it seemed like it, it got uh, a good reaction in the room. And I actually have a recording of I made some stupid joke that Nick Frost seemed like he 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 laughed a lot. It seemed like he really thought that was you know it tickled him. And that feels good to make a you know a paid comedian uh, comedic actor laugh, but anyways, um, okay, I'm done bragging. But um, I saw this film and I loved it, and I I knew even you know I loved it. I was like, okay, so it's not gonna be hot fuzz in a lot of ways. It, it kind of can't. Um, it's not gonna beat the um, stylishness of Scott Pilgrim because it's not trying to do that. But what it does, maybe more than all these other films, because it's about being older. It's deeper. It's um it's more it's it's more lived in and it's something that i return to a lot i rewatch it and i'm like you know i'm, I'm getting older now and so I, I really relate to it more and more and more so i think it's really underrated i think it's a it's a victory lap which is but it's also one one of the darkest films he's ever done and most victory laps are kind of like uh, big celebrations it's sort of a victory lap in that he's bringing back the gang for one last go around he's kind of um He's touching on some things he's touched on before, but he's doing it in a very, in a, an older, more world weary way, and it, it pays off. I love the world's end. And so now we get to something interesting. So the you know on the the, the talk of the town was that after World's End, he was going to give be given the keys to uh, to Marvel's Ant Man. So now the world had uh, you know Marvel had taken over, and all the big movies are Marvel movies, and they were starting to like. It seemed like they're starting to let like bigger directors in, and, and they had done it before with Kenneth Branagh and stuff like that. But they're starting to let big directors in who had you know bold, stylish voices, and it seemed like they were trying to like uh, address um, the very true uh, nature of, of their movies being um, uh, homogenous and and all being kind of the same formula, and which is funny. That's a world end kind of addresses with the Starbucking, right? So they, they brought in Edgar Wright to, to take out the Starbuck and do something different, right? You know, because I think at this point, Guardians of the Galaxy had happened, and that was the, the, the loosest thing they've done. And it was, it was like, okay, cool, this is a James Gunn movie. There's, there's some, it's still Marvel to a point, but just James Gunn's doing his thing. So it looked like, it looked like Ant-Man was like, oh, this is going to be great. Like, Edgar Wright, let Edgar Wright do a uh, superhero movie. It's Ant-Man. That's kind of kooky. This could be awesome. Well, apparently shit did not work out. Edgar Wright he was like i want to do my thing and they were like okay 70 percent. and he's like no 100 percent. and they couldn't meet, reach an agreement and he he walked and i kind of like that because i a lot of these my favorite directors um and there's exceptions but i i like it better when they are mostly generating their own material uh scott pilgrim versus the world is of course a comic book adaptation but um for the most part edgar wright does his own thing you know uh, and i i I think I, I prefer that. And so, Ant-Man didn't happen. He still gets a writing credit, and there's a couple scenes, you know, like, where Ant-Man shrinks down, and he's on, like, a, I forget, I think it's a CD, but it's playing The Cure, uh, Disintegration, and I could be wrong, but I can't help but think that was actually something he wrote. It seemed like his type of music, his type of idea, who knows, right? But what that does with our run is it creates... Um, uh, a, a, a work that didn't happen, right? There's a big, a big uh, 
gap, right? There's there's something that didn't happen. And so his next work is his rebound. And so what I'm doing with this rebound thing is I think about The Who a lot. The Who um, did Tommy. It was a massive success, giant work. And the next thing uh, Pete Townsend wanted to do is a, uh, another um, concept album called uh, Lifehouse. It was really ambitious and it was kind of insane. And basically, end of the story, didn't happen, right? They couldn't get the shit together. So he scrapped Lifehouse and from the he took most of the best songs from that project and made a few more new ones and it made a, a, an album called Who's Next, which is just, there no, there's no concept, they're just eight or nine songs and it's fucking great, right? But it is, it is him and the band sort of rebounding from a, from a, a work that didn't happen, right? From it's not even a failure. It's it's basically an aborted work. It's something that just didn't doesn't doesn't come together. And a lot and so in a way, it, it's it's very much a reflection of um what they couldn't pull off. So they kind of go the opposite route, right? So the Who couldn't do a big concept work with all these interconnected um songs. So they do. A simple, uh, one you know, simple single album with this you know eight really good songs. So, I think Edgar Wright kind of does something similar with his next film, 2017's Baby Driver. He couldn't do, um, he he didn't do a big Marvel movie, which is part of this established franchise of superheroes and this and this and that. So he goes, okay, I'm gonna do an original story. I'm gonna do a really, uh, very much an original story. This is this is me. This is based on one of my own shorts I'd done before years ago. It's uh. It's it's a it's a crime movie. It's funny. It's a it's it's all about music. It's about this driver who times his um he's part of a he's a drive a getaway driver for bank heist and stuff. He times it with different pop songs. It's it's basically um this is and if I can't play within someone else's little uh little um sandbox, I'll I'll just go crazy with my own. This this is me going okay. Well, I don't need all that money and all that um that spotlight. I'll just do my own thing and it'll be great. And it and it is really really good. Baby Driver is his rebound and it shows. He's again. This is this is this full on like American movie where Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are not in it. Of course, it takes place in America. Um, I think the cast is mostly American. Um, it's great. It, it actually I, I keep saying great. It's not great. It's 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 good. It's really good. I think this continues to run. It is uh, of of the run so far. This is my least favorite, but it's, I still really really like the film. I fucking bought it. I don't buy a lot of movies, you know. Um, but, but I was like, I'm buying this movie. This movie's cool. Um, tons of tons of energy. Like the beginning of the film, like you know, there's. I just knew I was in for a good ride. It's like it feels like it's a it's a breezy work in a lot of ways. He's not trying to say um, any huge statements per se. It's it's about awesome. It's like awesome, stylish stuff. Really fun characters. Um, great music. How to use music. How to use cars. How to use the chase in films. It's very cinematic. Um, it's it it's it's a solid movie. It's it's one of those things. that's sort of like after Ant Man tanking, he's like, okay, well, let's just do something totally opposite. Something that's not. I don't need a million people telling me what to do. I just want to do something like uh, my way, and it does that, and it's great for it. I, I I like Baby Driver a lot. I um I I I think that uh I think there's talk of Baby Driver two, and I was like I don't really need that. I mean it it, it could be awesome, but I mean it's cool, it's cool for what it is. You know it's it, it feels like he's um he's he kind of goes back to the Scott Pilgrim uh, well of it's a bit younger people, which you know it, it's that's fine, 
but um it's it's not really about it's not just about being young it seems like it's about just being a, a misfit a little bit and uh finding your place in the world and i guess a lot of his films are like that in general and it's also just a celebration of how cool you can make um car chases and, and crime and action look on screen if you actually um you have a voice and his films have always been about that like the camera his voice the themes like let's let's actually try to do something with these stories besides just doing like um cookie cutter like you could see i could see baby driver basically um you could take that um essential idea and and you could see like somebody like uh a mick g or um uh who's a dude from uh from snatch and stuff oh my god a uh, guy Ritchie, who they, they, they would still have some style and some cool stuff but it feel a little a little soulless a little, a little too slick almost and Edgar Wright has just the right level of slick for me, and he's got the right level of soul in his stuff. So um, it, it it continues the run, but it ends the run. This is the end of his run so far. I'm I'm sorry to say. So 2021, just recently, I was very much uh, looking forward to Last Night in Soho. This is his uh, his film where it, it's it's a it's sort of um, it's not a giallo Italian horror film, but it has it it owes some stuff to that. It owes uh, it's very much about '60s swinging London, you know. It's um, it's his it's his it's his horror film. It's his 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 ghost film. His his uh, spooky film. Um, and I I uh, I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, this looks fucking great. I finally watched it, and it's just okay. It's just okay. It's not a bad movie. I would not say I would not go so far to say it's a bad movie, but it was a big disappointment. And I think there's a lot of missed opportunities here. And I think my overall uh, problem with it is it's a little toothless. I um I really like the performances. I think uh, both uh, the leads do great, and um, uh, most of the supporting cast is really good too. You know, and the idea of the story. I love the fashion stuff. I think that was a really cool angle. And I think there's um, some interesting stuff there. And like when they actually show uh, 60s London and stuff like that, um, everything looks gorgeous. I kind of feel like his camera work and some stuff is a little too restrained for me. And um, I think the film needed a little bit more of a push. And the biggest sense of restraint was um, there's a sequence near the end where um, the, the main girl is sort of in um, her sort of ghost connection dream world and there's like a, almost like a dance murder sequence where the other uh, girl is menacing her and it's kind of done like a almost like a dance routine and I was like oh this is this is what I was looking for the whole film I hope the rest of the film is like this like a, a murder dance routine thing and he, it doesn't it just kind of has a little you just get a little bit of that and then it goes away and it's crazy he's like he's one of the best stylists we have and I feel like I don't know if he was intentionally trying to um, hold back to kind of show you he can do restraint or if he just didn't have a um his inspiration wasn't um really peaking with this movie but it just it just felt like not enough and the story itself it unfortunately it, there's not really any scary spooky moments for me there's not a lot there's not a lot of dread there's not a lot of suspense and with this sort of film i think you kind of have to have those things that's what we're here for and there's there are a few laughs and again the performance is cool i really like the main main girl and i i like uh the idea of her, you know, like small town kid kind of going to the city and trying to figure out who she is and, and figure out what she wants out of life and her career. And all, that's, that's cool. I, I, I like that, 
it just didn't really um didn't do enough. It just it just felt like um didn't feel special enough. It didn't feel like an Edgar Wright movie. And it didn't feel like even if he was going to do something totally different, it didn't feel like um it didn't feel that much different than a few other movies I've other movies are kind of doing this sort of thing. It it, it felt like um it felt a little too PG-13. Didn't feel like they went hard enough. You know, there there's some stuff they talk about, you know, rape and there's some dark stuff, but it's almost like um and not with the rapes up, but even with the murder and 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 that kind of thing, and just the scares, the go, the dread, and the, and the ghost and the monster kind of element, it felt like you didn't go hard enough on that stuff. And I, I I wanted this to be like, um, like his, if not Evil Dead too, like his like um, like his version of a Guillermo del Toro movie or something, you know. Who's another guy who I think sometimes goes a little toothless or whatever, or a little too sentimental. This wasn't, this was a little sentimental, but just in general didn't feel like it had um, enough malice. And I think I needed that enough malice and enough style. And if, you know, it sucks because like it, all the elements were there. I get, I could see why he made this movie and what he thought he was going to get with it. I just don't think he got there for me personally, um, which is a big letdown. You know, I, I, I love his films. And so, the, you know, it's a letdown. I mean, it's not the end of the Edgar Wright story. I know this guy will come back, and you know, I, I have a I have a good feeling that I um I, I feel like he he'll come back with, with if not his next film, one of his next films will be fucking great. Um, and I don't know exactly what I want him to do. I think he um again he's demonstrated he can do a lot of stuff. Um, and I I feel like this film was him trying to like um to at least step away the most he's ever stepped away from comedy. Like, like almost all the other films, they're like something slash comedy, like action slash comedy, horror slash comedy, sci-fi slash comedy. This film, you know, there's funny stuff, but I wouldn't say it's comedy, like um, defines it by any means. And that's fine. Like baby driver was kind of moving in that direction too. I don't think he needs to do comedy. I don't think he, I don't think he needs to, to go back to that. Well, he does do really well in that arena, but that doesn't have to be his thing. So I don't know what I want him to do. I do know I don't want it to be last night in Soho. I um and I think it I think it won't be. He he's demonstrated also that he he changes it up. He does a lot of different genres. He does a lot of different stuff. And so I think I think we will have if we ever do like a post post mortem or something, you know, we'll, we'll go back and see like um when his next movie comes out, what we think if if a new run has begun or not. He's definitely um. He's got a, enough career ahead of him. I think he we're in we're in um, we're in good shape for for a return to form. So um, that's my that's my take on Edgar Wright. He's one of my favorite directors currently working. Um, I look forward to his next work. I think his uh, initial run is gone, but I mean that's five uh, five good movies. Four of them are fucking great. Um, all in a row, all in a row from the get go, from the drop. This guy came in. I mean, what can you do? So, you know, I'm going to, in the meantime, I'm going to rewatch Hot Fuzz and all the rest of them and uh, maybe rewatch Last Night in Soho, see if I feel differently about it. I only watched it once. But uh, in the meantime, I'm waiting. I'm waiting, Edgar Wright, man. Bring it back, okay? Bring back the John Spencer Blues Explosion. You know, knock me out of my, knock me out of my seat, okay? Uh, thanks, guys. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you when I see you. Bye-bye.